everybody, and welcome back to Bradley's house. I'm your co-host, Jared Orr. She is the executive director of the Noel Family Foundation. Bradley's sister and our host, Kelly Noel. Kelly, how are you doing today? I am fantastic. How are you doing, Jared? I'll tell you what, I'm, I'm better than I was and nowhere near as good as I'm going to be because once again, you've lined up an amazing house guest for us for today's show. I have. I am really fortunate to know some amazing people. I'm not going to lie. I feel really, really blessed. And I'm super excited about our guest today. Can I just go ahead and introduce him? Let's get to it. Okay. So I'm really excited about our guest. And it was somebody that I knew right from the start when we started this podcast that he was going to be one of our guests soon. Um, He's someone I admire as a musician. And I respect so much because of what he's come through and his willingness to be open and share his struggle and also his victories with people. I think he gives a lot of people hope and encouragement through through his story and also through his music. And I'm really excited to have on with us today uh, my friend and wonderful musician, Kyle Smith. Welcome, Kyle. What's going on, Kelly? How are you? I'm wonderful. Thank you so much for being on with us tonight. You know what? I'm extremely grateful to be here. And that was a hell of an intro that you had there. I appreciate you. <laughs> I, I was trying to keep it like not get too emotional. I always get so emotional. Like I, I was saying on the last episode, we've we've had all of the people that I really like on the episode so far. There hasn't been anybody that I don't know and love. So I feel like I gush about each guest and when I'm doing the intros, but it really is because these are some of my most favorite people. So I'm really stoked to have you on. Well, we feel the same way about you, so. Thank you. I I have to say, from the very first time that I met Kyle, which was at one of our uh, Bradley's House Benefit shows a couple of years ago, right? I guess it's been about two and a half years now, maybe. And you came up to the the merch table, uh, the booth that we had there, and introduced yourself. And and I introduced you to my dad, and you got a Bradley's House hat. And I think there have only been like two or three times in those last two and a half years that I've ever seen you or a photograph of you where you didn't have a Bradley's house hat on. So you're like a walking billboard for us. And I should appreciate it. <laughs> they just fit really nice and they look amazing. That's all. <laughs> <laughs> so there's our merch commercial. For Bradley's I was going to say, what an, what an early, awesome plug. Um, <laughs> I, yeah. I probably I'll, haven't taken that hat off in like, it, yeah, it's probably been like three years. <laughs> I well, do I do keep giving him new ones for people that think, wow, I can't believe she's making him wear dirty old hats. Yeah, I do true. Keep, give him new gross, ones, sorry. but every once in a while he um, makes me super irritated and he buys one on the website. Um, but, you know, he's he does such a great job of promoting the foundation by wearing that all the time. I feel like, you know, it's the least I can do to give him a hat every now and then. When we were setting up to get this show going, Kelly, one of the things that you mentioned was – you don't have a lot of time. And that was one of your your fears. And I said, don't worry about it. I'll take care of everything. I'll do as much work into this as I possibly can. So did, as, yeah. as, as we were getting going, I started thinking who are going to be some awesome guests. And you and I were talking. And of course, Kyle's name came up. And I said, I'm going to reach out to Kyle. And uh, I, you know, I told Kelly, I would do a lot of the legwork here. So I sent him a, a, a message probably at like, I don't know, midnight one night and said, Hey man, we'd love to have you on the show. And he responded back immediately and said, yeah, man, let's go right now. Let's do this. So (laughs) (laughs) yeah, he was, he was ready right then. So uh, I I knew that we were going to have him and I'm super excited about it. And and like you said, his story is amazing. Um, You know, Kyle, I probably noticed you on Facebook 
um, probably about two years ago, a year and a half ago, something like that. And, um, you know, somebody had shared you, I think, in one of the slightly stupid groups. And I was like, yeah, man, I get it. You know, good looking kid with a guitar. So, you know, they're a dime a dozen. And, uh, and, and I, I, and I, and I clicked on it and, uh, I think, True Love might have been the first song that I, I picked up of yours and it started and I went, holy shit. Um, and uh, and ever since then, I've been a, a huge fan. So super excited to, to have you on the show, man. Thank you for doing this. Thanks, dude. I appreciate that, man. That means a lot. Yeah, no. Now, um, the main reason that we're here is to spread awareness through the foundation and how we're doing that is with... Uh, the music and the influences and the friends that uh, Brad and, and Kelly and the family have made throughout the years and just telling some stories and, and sharing some inspiration. Before we get too much into the music, Kyle, take a little bit of time to give us a little bit of the background of how you got to where you are today. Okay. Um, just music in general, just life? No, man. The, the whole story, like I said, we're, we're here and we we're sharing... Yeah, we're sharing we're sharing inspiration for, uh, you know, for people that are that are in recovery or, or hoping right. to make that jump and uh, and people that love music. And, and you really got both ends of that story covered. So uh, let's just let's get into it, man. Cool. Well, um, yeah, I mean, I guess just a little bit about me. Uh, I was born. No, I'm just kidding. We're not going to do the whole I was born in thing. Um, <laughs> so uh, so I guess I kind of grew up as like any, you know, most kids in like Southern California. Um, you know, I, I grew up here in uh, Camarillo, which is like right over here by Ventura, Oxnard, that area. Um, really, really nice town. You know, I grew up skateboarding, listening to, you know, punk rock, reggae, um, the whole nine yards. And, um, you know, as far as like my recovery, um, you know, as, as a kid, you know, there was always, there was always something wrong or like some kind of void I was trying to fill or something that was missing from me, you know what I mean? And, and, uh, you know, um, you know, I, I didn't grow up with the most perfect family. There was, you know, some crazy shit going on, but, um, for the most part, you know, I always had this feeling of like, uh, just, just not liking how I felt, man, you know? And, and as a kid, that's one of the main things I remember is just like, um, you know, always being like emotional and like, excuse my language, but like fucked up in the head. And, and, uh, and, um, you know, there was only a few things that solved that for me. And when I was really young, like 12, 13, you know, at first, I hate to be so cliche, but at first it was just smoking a lot of weed and then drinking and then cigarettes and, um, you know, freshman year rolled around and it was pills and all that stuff. And, uh, so, um, to keep it brief and kind of summarize, like, um, you know, when I was 14, 15, I started getting into some harder stuff and, and, uh, I really just like kind of spiraled, man. Like the second I got into like high school, you know, and, um, from that moment on, it was just like, it was just, uh, I'd always played guitar and I had always sang, but like, once I got like too deep into the drugs, like it was just, uh, I don't know. I, I guess I just got like I kind of put the guitar aside, man. And I was just like, so tore back that I would only do it like when I was panhandling just to get like money for dope, you know? So, um, yeah. So when I was like 17 was, um, when I had moved to Long Beach and then I was basically panhandling like in downtown or, you know, um, in Belmont shore, like second street every day. Um, just like, you know, withdrawing and, and just doing whatever the hell I could, um, you know, just to be able to get well for a little bit and then make it through another day. And, um, when I was, uh, 20, I mean, if you guys want the whole story, I could tell you about kind of what happened and then I, how I got to where I am. Okay. We want it all, Kyle. 
right. Well, um, yeah, I mean, basically after, after years of like my parents wondering where I was after doing them dirty, after just kind of, you know, every like six months I'd show up for a night and then leave with money and just really, really foul shit. Um, I, uh, yeah, I, my mom caught me slipping in front of Rite Aid in Long Beach (laughs) and, uh, she like didn't recognize me and I, and I, I knew it was her, but she didn't even like recognize me because I looked so different. You know, I weighed like 113 pounds and. Oh my um, gosh. Yeah. I was just, like, she like took her glasses off and like had to pull them down was like, Kyle, is that you, you know? And I'll like, I'll never forget that look on her face. And like the way she started crying when she found me down there like that, you know? Yeah. And um, so it basically, turned into this like 48 hour battle between like me, her, her fiance, the cops, uh, you know, long story short, I end up with this cop who's like, you know, you can either go, we can either take you in or you can go try a treatment program and I'll leave you alone. Like right now, you know? So, um, so I basically tried, uh, a six day detox and it was literally just like six days of crying and like hating myself and and sure. uh, w- wondering what the hell happened over the past four or five, six years, you know. Um, and then once I got done with that, then I decided to go to a residential treatment center in uh, Riverside. So I kind of got like uprooted and everybody thought that I had disappeared and nobody knew how to get a hold of me. And that was like exactly what I needed, you know. So sure. um, I ended how up going were you there. Uh, I was there for uh, uh, 90 days. Nice. Yeah. So it was a 90. Well, technically it was like, a, I was only going to go for 30 days. Cause my, my original plan was just to lie to everybody until they left me alone. You know, oh, like sure. I'm, I'm going to fake Absolutely. it and no matter what, I'm going to get everybody off of my back and they're going to think that I'm clean and I'll just be able to go right back to it. But, um, but I actually had kind of an awakening and I started giving a, giving a shit about my life. And, and I kind of realized what I was doing to myself and my body. And, uh, uh, there was a big part of me that just wanted to stay clean more than I wanted to keep using. And I was just so sick and tired of being miserable, you know, cause, um, towards the end, it was just like, I wasn't even high. Like I was just like, you know, I, I, every time it would take me 45 minutes to hit and I'd be bleeding and crying and snot and tears all over myself. And I'd finally get it in. I wouldn't feel any better, you know? And, um, and that was, uh, that was like, uh, when I got my last one in after that cop told me to go to the treatment center, I had like a loaded syringe in my, in my boxers. And I went into the bathroom of that behavior health place and I hit that one last time and it did absolutely nothing. And I just knew that I was done. And, uh, and, um, I don't know. I mean, I, I could go on and on and on with you guys about it forever, but I know that I can't, you know, get, get, go into depth of every detail, but like I was, I went in there hating myself and everybody because, you know, I, I didn't like who I was and what I was doing. And, and, you know, I, I slowly learned how to become a part of society by, you know, participating and, you know, being real with people about where I was at and, and being honest about my feelings and, and just really opening up and, and being real, you know, cause uh, you know, I, I was, I mean, shit, as a, as a young man, you're, you're taught, you know, not to be honest about your emotions and to hide that shit and to stuff it. And, uh, you know, for the first time in my life, I was around a bunch of dudes that were like, you know, (laughs) it's, it's cool to not be okay, you know? And, um, that's a big thing. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I had, you know, uh, my guard was up and I, and I, I had, 
I just judged everybody. And I just, I thought that I was so much worse than everybody else in that treatment center. Like you guys are all alcoholics and I'm the fucking badass heroin addict. And I just thought that like, I thought I was like a better drug addict or something like stupid like that, you know? And it was like, I was like, dude, you ain't shit. You're at the bottom of the totem pole. You, you know, you dug this huge hole and now, now you gotta, you gotta do the right thing for, for the rest of your life, basically, you know? So, uh, I don't know. I mean, you know, they talk about a living amends and, and really just like, you know, doing whatever you can to try to fix it. And, you know, I still have family members that don't talk to me to this day because of like the shit that I did. And, and, and I'm totally fine with it because, you know, um, I know that, uh, you know, eventually it, it will all come back as long as I'm doing the right thing. And, and, uh, about to celebrate seven years, July 14th of this year. Congratulations. And, um, Congratulations. Yeah. That's awesome. Thank you. Thank you. But, um, yeah, I mean, you know, I, I basically just did all the shit they told me to do in treatment. You know, I started going to meetings and, um, I, I know that, you know, I know that Bradley's house, you know, I, I know a lot of people in the kind of reggae rock scene are kind of, you know, they everybody kind of has like their own version of what recovery is for some, it's just smoking weed. Some it's just, you know, uh, drinking or, you know, everybody kind of finds like their alternative and like my shit personally is just like a completely radical approach, which is complete abstinence from everything. And that's like, that's the only way that I've been able to do it, you know? So that's been like my tip over the past like seven years. And, um, it's been a it's been a extremely interesting process learning how to be a normal person and uh you know not only you know not only like learning how to live without drugs but learning how to live like within like spiritual principles you know like like you know um I don't know, just being like open-minded and willing and, and, you know, courageous and like all the stuff that they talk about, um, Absolutely. You know, that, that, that I've, I've literally had to been, people have taught me every step of the way, my sponsor and my people that I've met in the program, you know, other people I look up to. So, um, as a kid with no guidance, it's, it's so much more than just like, just not using drugs. Like that was literally just the first step was taking the drugs away. And then it was all just about like, you know, what's wrong with me? What makes me tick? You know, why do I do certain things? And, um, you know, that's where like a lot of the steps and, and stuff like that come into play. So I, I try not to be like super preachy about my recovery, but at the same time, like I do know that like, you know, for me, like getting a sponsor, working the steps, like all that shit that people hate to do is, is what is, it's what has really like been the only thing that has kept my ass alive through this whole thing, you know? Yeah, that's really key. How old were you when you were in the program? Uh, I was 20 when I got clean. That's remarkable. I just want to say how much I respect you for doing that. And I, anybody who has been through recovery, I, I have so much respect for because it forces you to deal with things that most people never deal with, you know, things that we should all deal with, be able to, you know, sit in our own shit and just, just be, <laughs> be there and, and, you know, deal with the things that are actually going on instead of finding ways to distract ourselves from it, which, which we all do in some way or another. And, um, but especially I think going through it at a young age, I, I talk about this a lot with, with my nephew, Jacob, I have so much respect for him for dealing with it at such a young age. And, and the same with right. you, because because it is a hard thing, but especially when you're young and being able to make those kinds of decisions and stick with it and follow through with it, that's that's really hardcore. I have maximum respect for that. Thank you. Absolutely. Yeah. It's just to, to hear your story and, you know, just to, to hear you just tell that summarized version of it, um, you know, it's 
I just can't imagine what you went through. And, and for the people that are listening that have been through it, they understand. And uh, for those who don't, <clears throat> somebody who's very close to me told me that um, beating cancer was easier than getting off of drugs. And that to me, to hear that was just like, I, I, I couldn't believe it. Uh, you know, so I think that when people say that hard work pays off, um, you know, you've not only shown it in your music career, but you've put in the hard work in your personal career to get to where you are and your personal life, excuse me. And uh, I really commend that, man. That's amazing. Thanks, bud. Yeah, I mean, I, I can't, you know, obviously I can't compare it to anything, you know, I, I mean, everybody's got some, you know, trial or some shit they got to go through, man. But um, yeah, I mean, for me, it's like, um, coming to terms with the fact that like, I can't use normally, like I can't just like, just smoke weed every now and then, or like just drink every now and then, like I go hard and like, I, I party till I'm homeless, you know what I mean? And, and, uh, and that was like, <laughs> that was like, you know, uh, at 20 years old, it's like your, your ego and your mind wants to tell you like, no, dude, you can do it. Fuck all these people. You know, like my head will literally tell me like, you know, even to this day, it tells me that I'm fucking normal and that I'm brainwashed and like, it's all lies but it's like uh have i seen like the the proof you know what i mean like like the disease of addiction is really like cunning because it it tries to convince me that i don't fucking have it you know right. and um and that's you know that's why i think a lot of like young people have a really hard time man because there's so many people just cheering you on like i remember like when i got clean it was like you're 20 years old and you don't fucking drink like what is wrong with you you know what i mean <laughs> right. and um and especially you know especially once i got into like the reggae rock scene it was like um you know everybody that i met like you know like i'll never forget that uh you know when i when i was at cali roots and and i, I got to meet kyle and and the whole stupid crew um and like i got on the tour bus and kyle handed me a drink and i was like no i'm good man and i like remember like the way that he looked at me and i was like oh i just turned out a drink from like one of my favorite musicians of all time dude <laughs> <laughs> and like you know I, I think he i think he gets it like i think eventually everybody gets it but it's like it's I, I have to completely disregard my ego and what everybody fucking thinks about me. And, you know, like, like there's not like some big audience in my head watching my every fucking move. And that's like literally what I thought when I first started all this, you know? So it's, uh, I don't know, man. Like I, I'm, I'm, I do the best I can just to stay like, you know, true to my path and, and just to have like conviction in, in what I do, because it's literally the only thing that's like saved my life so far, you know? Absolutely. Kyle, thank you so much for being transparent, not just with us on the show, but you are transparent all the time on social media and at your shows and one-on-one -on -one with people. And I think that's so powerful because it reminds people that you're human and that you can understand what they're going through and it validates what they're dealing with as well. And I think there's really a lot of strength that people draw from that. And I do think that that's one of the reasons why you have such a loyal fan base, because you are such a genuine person. And uh, one of the things that, that I always say is that I think, you know, it took me a long time to figure out why people, after so many years, were so passionate about my brother's music. Um, mm -hmm. Obviously, you know, Sublime made great music, but there's a lot of bands that make great music that, you know, 25 years after they stopped making it are not... Um, as well appreciated and loved and remembered as Sublime's music is. And I think a big part of it was that they were genuine, you know, and that, that Brad was very genuine and very vulnerable. And I see that same thing in you. 
And I really appreciate it because I think that that's what allows you to transcend beyond just your music career and really impact people on a very personal level. So thank you for doing that. I appreciate that. Yeah, I, mean, I, I don't know. I mean, I guess the the more the more that I write and the longer I do this, it's like you know, it before like when I first started writing, it was just like all about me, 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 and like now it's now that I know that people are actually listening to the music, it's like you know, how, how is this song going to make somebody feel? You know, and what are the lyrics saying to them? And I want whoever's listening to this track to fucking feel like they can overcome anything, and I want them to know that like, you know bad shit happens and we get through it and it's going to be okay you know and like Absolutely. that's one of the that's one of the main things that i think about when writing now so so your most recent single make it through was that one of the things you were had kind of had in your head as you were writing those lyrics yeah, pretty much. I mean, it's, it's kind of, you know, I, I wrote that one post Corona, you know, <laughs> so, um, you know, with, with everything going on, it was like, you know, um, about like how we just had like our whole like music scene just like ripped out of our hands, you know, like with literally within like a week, my whole world was all of our whole worlds were flipped upside down, you know, and, and right. any, any musician listening to this can tell you the same exact thing like like shit hit the fan like overnight you know yeah you had and, a big tour um, planned and all that. oh yeah yeah it was uh it was like my first yeah uh, thousands of dollars invested you know of, like don't, don't get me wrong the money comes and goes like all that kind of shit but like um you know always it's always you know the first when shit was getting crazy in March, it was just like, all right, we just got to do what's best for everybody and stay safe, yada, you know, and et cetera. And, um, um, everybody was just so supportive and everybody like bought all the merch that I'd invested in. But at the same time, it's like, shit, like I had to like cancel the van, like all this shit, like every single venue just started dropping like one at a time, you know, and I kept getting calls and calls. And I was just like, I was literally on my way to LAX to go pick up the van. And we had to like stop in the parking lot and like, decide to pull the plug like last minute on our way to go get the tour van you know wow, wow. yeah <laughs> how do you how do you deal with all that frustration and disappointment and not let that bleed over into your fan base mm, well i mean for one everybody has been extremely supportive like literally within that fr I, I, it's it literally all boils back down to like the amazing people in our scene because i think that same night everybody just bought like all the merch that I was planning to take on tour. Um, and you know, yeah. everybody that, everybody that bought like the VIP meet and greet passes, like no, nobody was like, nobody was like upset or like, Oh, fuck you guys. You know what I mean? Like nobody was mad. Everybody was just like, Holy shit, dude, that sucks. You know, like, Right. take the money for gas and like you know just send me send me like a shirt and i'm happy you know what i mean like shit mm. like that like people that were buying like 50 dollars vip passes and shit and uh yeah i mean everybody couldn't have been more kind and helpful and then I, I just that night i was just like oh my god like you know just like bradley said look at all the love we found you know and and uh and um you know that statement rings true no matter how long i i, I you know like in every aspect of like our scene and our genre you know like that we just all have like the greatest people around at all times and then you know you guys can attest to that you know with the with the Knoll family foundation and everything absolutely i agree there are some really phenomenal people that tend yeah. to be around this scene and i think it makes it really you know it's a positive place not only to be but you know to have it for your family around and and all of that and it, it's it's just really really cool to be able to experience that and you especially i think have a lot of really great people that follow your music and that are 
you know, feel very close to you. And, and I think that that's really cool. Almost too close sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> so you work full time in addition to your music career. Is that right? Yeah. And how do you balance that? I mean, I, I have so much respect for you. I know you work all day and then you pursue your passion at night and that probably doesn't leave a lot of time for sleep, which I can definitely relate to, but I mean, are there times that you just want to say, you know, fuck everyone and I'm going to go sleep for three days? Sometimes. And, and let me backtrack because I don't want my last statement to think like, oh, like, you know, cause I was like, yeah, people can be like way too close. <laughs> oh, no. um, I just, I just say like, you know, like a lot of, I don't know, like the way that I interact with everybody, it's like, you know, people like to give me shit and people like to roast me and, you know, like people like make stupid memes of me and shit. Like, like on, who the fuck my, is Kyle Smith? Yeah. Like on my group page <laughs> and stuff, you know? And like, I, I honestly, no matter what people say, like, I totally take it as a compliment because I don't, I don't see people like doing that with like, you know, other people, I, I don't know, maybe occasionally, but I don't see people like like uh you know like with the tough love and the shit talking and like all that with like other bands that they listen to so i th- i think that what you say about like people being able to you know support me like on a one to one like like i'm more of a i almost think i don't know i mean i try to be friends with everybody like before i'm like a musician you know what i mean and and uh that's like my thing it's like i spent like so many years of people just like not wanting me around and then to go from that to this it's just like i just love and appreciate like everybody that that comes through and and wants to support me in any way and yeah um, you do have an intimacy with your fans and i think that's great and that's again it's another comparison that i draw to brad because i get messages from people all the time that say yeah i met him one time and he was so cool and we talked and you know and it's that ability to connect with people and that makes a huge difference with the music speaking of which how did you first hear about sublime uh shit when i was (laughs) when i was uh i think you're gonna hate this one but i think i was i think i was like nine or ten and yeah i do uh, hate you for that (laughs) i think i was nine or ten um so when i was a kid um my sister was always five years older than me so my sister was like 13 14 when i was like nine and um her and all her friends listened to like all the good like 90s like punk rock uh no effects you know sublime pennywise um all that stuff and I think it was really just like a lot of her friends coming around the house and like teaching me little licks on the guitar when I was a little kid and stuff like that. And um, the first song I ever heard was Garden Grove. And I was like, yeah, I was like 10 or 11, somewhere around there. And um, and when I was a really little kid, like I, it took me a minute to get into it. And then I swear to God, like the second I started smoking weed, I was like, this is my fucking favorite band ever. <laughs> 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 I don't know what it is. I don't know what it is, but like, I don't know. Like it, it took me a while. Like, cause when I was, you know, when I was like in middle school, I listened to a lot more like, you know, like, like metal and punk rock. And I was all about like, you know, I listened to a lot of like pop punk, like some 41 and a lot of that stuff. And, um, and then once I discovered sublime, it just opened up this whole new window of like, holy shit, like who are the descendants? You know what I mean? Who's bad religion? Who's fucking, who's toots and the Maytals? You know what I mean? Like it opened up. Bradley was like just so amazing about like bringing all this great kind of like, you know, previous generation music to all these new listeners, you know? Yeah. It's a beautiful thing about what Sublime did is really open that up to a lot of people. 
And we were talking in the last episode with Paul Milbury and Yasad Williams from Law Records and Pepper and talking about the fact that the the house that Bradley built, this new compilation album that they put together to benefit the Knoll Family Foundation and Bradley's house, has really done a lot of the same thing, introduced new artists to people. And yep. and I think that that's a really cool thing. Um, so tell us about your involvement with that. So you're on the new deluxe edition that's coming out January 15th. Oh, my goodness. Is it, is, it's already less than a month away. Isn't that crazy? Woo, let's go. All right. Um, so uh, sorry. I hope I didn't like distort the microphone when I yelled right now, but. Um, <laughs> totally worth it. You know what? I think that you sent me a message and asked me if I wanted to be a part of it. Am I wrong? You are correct. I did okay. do that because oh I really God. wanted you on the album. You're amazing. First off, um, Romeo is Romeo is probably like one of my top like three favorite Sublime songs. And just the fact that like, I don't know if you brought the song up or if it was like, hey, you have a choice between this and this. I'm pretty sure that you were like, I want you to do Romeo if I'm not wrong. <laughs> so you asked me what I thought you should do. And, okay. and I, I never like to tell artists what I want to hear. I like to hear yeah. what they want to play or what they want to sing or what they want to perform. Right. But, um, but I did say, you know, a couple of my favorite, you know, sentimental favorite songs that I think you would be really great at. And I threw out a couple and one of them was Romeo. And you said that you'd been thinking about Romeo. So I think that was sort of a confirmation. God, I love that song so much. <laughs> it's a good one. It's a good yeah. one. One of the oldies, but it's a great song. I love the older, the better. I mean, especially when it comes to the way that they used to record that stuff. Uh, I, I mean, you've, you've had a chance to listen to it a couple of times. So you can probably tell that I kind of tried to like imitate that kind of old tape sound with the vocals where it's kind of yeah. like bouncing off of each other in a way. Like it sounds like an old tape recorder, which is like exactly what they used on, on that. Um, um, and, but we, you know, obviously it's a whole different style because you, you guys, you know, wanted it to be like mainly an acoustic album. So we have like, you know, classical yeah. guitar and nylon oh, strings. It's beautiful. It sounds like a Spanish track with sublime lyrics, you know? <laughs> I love it so much. I gotta be honest. I really love the way that turned out. I Thank do. You. you did a great job. Thank you. But, um, yeah, extremely honored to just to be, you know, just to be a part of and, 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 you know, that song in particular, I mean, just the lyrics stand out to me so much. Cause, uh, you know, that was like a big thing that I related to when I was like, you know, 15 or 16. And, and, uh, I really started like digging into, I think that one was on, am I wrong? Was it on secondhand smoke? It's possible. I just know it from the early stuff. So right. I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm bad at knowing what came out when, but it was no, I think, song. Yeah, I think it was on secondhand smoke that had like all the, the whole, you know, alternate version of doing time and and uh april 29th like the leary version whatever it was uh, they they gave right. it like a specific name but um but yeah, yeah that it was record. just pulling together some of the older recordings or some of the things that hadn't made it on albums and and that right. hadn't been on anything so it was a good right. time to put it's, that one yeah out. it's it's from secondhand smoke yeah i figured Jared i figured <laughs> yeah but that i mean just the lyrics you know i have a secret place inside my mind where i keep hidden inspiration you won't find like that's I don't know. I mean, that's, I related to that shit so much when I was like a teenager and, yeah. and, you know, I was always chasing some girl when I was 14, 15 and always like, you know, messed up in the head over some chick. And he's no. just like, I'm a Romeo with no place to go. And like, that was my shit, you know? <laughs> yeah. Well, he was young yeah. when he wrote that. That was, yeah. that was an early one. Yeah. No, it's, it's amazing. I'm, I'm just super grateful that, that, uh, you know, that out of all the songs like that, that was really cool to be a part of that one. I appreciate you. Yeah, I'm glad you chose that. It's it's a great album. There's so many great artists, and and like I said, I'm excited that people get to discover 
new people and new sounds and and new music by listening to the songs that they're familiar with, but they're you know retold in a different way. And right. uh, yeah, I think I think it's going to be um, really well received. You did a great job. And so I also feel like we need to give some props to the guys in your band because they are incredibly talented. And oh yeah, um, and I feel like they oftentimes get overlooked because. You know, it's it's Kyle Smith, Kyle Smith, all about right, Kyle Smith, right. which, you know, is is awesome and it should be. But but you really do have some amazing guys in your band. Um, Scotty on the drums and Christopher on the bass. Just such talented guys and really good people. Yep. The best, the hardest working dudes in like that I've ever met, probably. <laughs> and um, yeah, I mean, shit, I met them uh, at a op- like after I dropped like my first record, I met them at a uh, open mic and, uh, and they were just like, 1, really? yeah, they were just 1000% on board. And I was going around playing acoustic sets by myself everywhere. And they're like, dude, you need a band. And, and, uh, from there it was just like, you know, uh, I, I don't know. I mean, it just, the, I, I, I think they're a gift from God. <laughs> <laughs> they are indeed. But I don't know. I mean, everybody's got their own opinion with that kind of shit. But yes, uh, Scott Brown was, uh, he killed it on the Cajon, which is what he played since we did everything all acoustic. Love it. Yeah, Scott Brown played the Cajon and a lot of the percussion shakers, uh, you know, djembe, all that stuff. Um, Chris played a little bass on the verses. And um, and yeah, I mean, obviously he's a great bass player. He's amazing, good energy on stage. Of course, that's Chris Nishida. Yep. Yep, Chris Nishida, and then Drew 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 Chermack has a amazing trumpet solo on that mm-hmm. track, which is like I think he I think he just did that in one take, and we were like Jesus Christ, dude, yeah. like that's it, <laughs> you know? Yeah, he's yeah, got like, it. He's got. Oh, it. he's he's a he's a phenom. He's amazing. So um, so yeah, I mean, I've, yeah, I've, I I do the best I can to make sure that like at every show, it's just like. Hey everyone, this is like I don't even like say my name most of the time. It's just like, hey everybody, this is Chris Nishida and Scott Brown. You know, <laughs> you do. Um, I've noticed that at some of your shows <laughs> that you're always talking about the guys, and it's like, yeah. you know, you should probably tell people your name too. Yeah, but well, shit. I mean, it's like you know, people see my name on the records and <laughs> and on social media and stuff. But it's like anytime I'm playing, you know, I I do. Don't get me wrong. A lot of the recording production is like, you know, most of the stuff you're hearing on the record is either me or like, you know, uh, either that or, um, you know, from before it was like studio musicians and drum samples and that kind of stuff. But like when it comes to the live shows and like bringing, you know, we play everything like totally different live. So those guys really um have been a huge instrumental part in like in everything going on. So, yeah, it's no a great intended. Yeah, <laughs> <No>. <laughs> 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 I see what you did there, Kyle. You're listening to this story is is amazing. I, for a second there, I forgot that I'm on the show. I've just kind of been sitting back listening because it's, <laughs> it's, it's so it's so awesome. But um, for those who are listening, if you're not following Kyle on Facebook, make sure you look him up now. He's over his friend request limit, so he can't accept any more oh, friends. Um, but oh, you can God. still you can still follow him and. Uh, <laughs> You posted something just maybe it was yesterday or the day before that really hit home to me because I work my regular gig all day. I've got three kids, two of them that are doing school at home virtually. At nighttime, I'm constantly doing something for one of the podcasts, um, whether it's reaching out to sponsors or it's you know one o'clock in the morning and Kelly and I are bouncing ideas off of each other. And you posted just the other day, being lazy is disrespectful to the people that have invested in you. And I read that 
I read that and I'm like, <laughs> man, I, f- I felt that though, right? No, like, that sounds yeah. so douchey I, when you say it like that. No, Jesus. it's powerful. Sorry. <laughs> no, man. I, uh, I, I, I really, I felt that because I was like, you know, it's, it's true. There's, you know, there's a lot of people out there that have, that have invested in, in whatever it is that I have going on with one of the businesses or one of the shows, and I've got stuff that I got to do, and I, you know, I, I could certainly be lazy and sit back, and I'm looking at you, and I'm like, man, here's somebody who, you know, you just told the story that your mom found you in front of the Rite Aid at 113 pounds, and now you're on the House That Bradley Built album. That's an amazing. <laughs> That's an amazing journey, right, man? And uh, and it was all hard work. So, um, you know, when I when I saw that, that just that really hit home for me. And I was like, man, I'm happy we're gonna have this guy on the podcast because he's just genuinely a good dude. You have three children, though. You're totally not applicable to that statement. <laughs> yeah, man. I don't. I don't. I don't get a chance. I have zero to babies. I have zero babies, and uh, yeah, I don't know if I'd be able to do anything that I'm doing. So, kudos to you, man. You're you're the you're the hustler over here, dude. My original plan. My original plan was to have zero babies. I just want to throw that oh, out. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So that was that was how this was supposed to go down, and it was just like one after another. After another. Let's, let's keep it real, though. You know, Kyle's an extremely good looking guy. He has no babies that he knows of. Right. Oh right. my God! Stop. That's terrible. That's <laughs> no, you've you've done it. You've done it the right way, man. And uh, and I, you know, I just went through it. We were late getting on the recording tonight because I was wrestling down kids. And you know, they always they always like to rub it in your face. You, you know, you go up to the convenience store and right up in the front there, there's those condoms for a dollar ninety nine. And I'm always like, yeah, yeah, I get it. I could have spent a dollar ninety nine. I can't believe you're just going to rub it in my face every single time I come in here at two o'clock in the morning to buy milk or juice for one of these kids. Uh, (laughs) Yeah. So I'm not saying never have kids, but you know, never have kids. Don't Deal. Say that. I got you. I'm gonna knock. I'm gonna, I just knocked on my nightstand. There you go. Don't <laughs> say that. I have two wonderful children. Despite me, I have to say, and my, they're both big fans of Kyle Smith, especially my youngest. And Kyle, you have have been really um, instrumental for him because he's had a lot of similar struggles, and he not only connects with your music, but he also connects with you personally. And and I know that you've given him a lot of strength and hope and have been a great example for him so on a very personal level i'd just like to thank you for that no that means a lot he uh i, I met him over at deep piazzas right yes you did yep yep he was running the booth i remember <laughs> yeah i've got right. really great kids but we might um, have to cut that out right. i don't know how child labor laws things work and like <laughs> <laughs> oh i put him to work are you no. kidding <laughs> as far as i know he made no money no i'm just kidding <laughs> Well, we sure appreciate everything that you do to help, you know, promote Bradley's house just by wearing the hat and and talking about it. And, you know, you just you make us look cool and we really appreciate that. You guys are cool. You guys are way cooler than anything we got going on over here. That's for sure. (laughs) So what what do you uh, have going on? What's what's next for you in the band? What do I have going on? Um, Let's see. That is a damn good question. Um. I got a uh, single that I'm going to be dropping uh, whenever we're done with Bradley's or whenever we get the deluxe version out um, of Bradley's house after I was kind of just kind of gearing up for this whole Romeo release. And then after that, me and Dan Kelly from Fortunate Youth, we went over to uh, Florida to shoot a music video a couple months ago. 
and um, we're going to be dropping that song. It'll be called My Friend featuring Dan Kelly. Ooh, and, looking um, forward to that. Yeah, so uh, we, we recorded it over at 17th Street with Lou Dog over there. So He's wonderful, isn't he? Oh, yeah, he's the man. I mean, Very I, I talented. Can't, I, I can't think about him without saying Jeezy in my head because he just says, <laughs> say, what's up, Jeezy, to everybody. And uh, Everybody yeah, knows Lou. Yeah, he's a big, happy, smiley dude. And uh, um, I don't know, that's the kind of people I like to be around when I'm working. So, um, so yeah, sure. we, we got... We got that track coming out after uh, after the Bradley's house record, and then um, shit. I mean, I've been I've been doing a lot of recording over at the Kona Town Studio and here at home in Ventura, and uh, and um, with my boy Spitz, uh, who's like Stupid's guy. Um, I, I basically just been trying to put together a full length over the past like three years that I've been grinding on, and uh, COVID kind of put a halt on everything. But um, I'm I'm looking at like 13, 14 new tracks that nobody's ever heard. So wow, that's awesome. Yeah. I'm hoping that we put that out and then, uh, you know, just kind of build on top of whatever we got going on already, you know? I'm looking forward to it. Thank you. So, Thank Kyle, you. I just need you to fill in one gap here for me because you told us a little bit about your journey. And you told mm-hmm. us about how you got away from the music. When did you pick that guitar back up and really want to hit this thing? Because it seems like you've been cranking out a lot of music over the last few years. Um, when did you decide that you were really going to get serious about your music again? That is an amazing question. So when I had, damn, I must've had, honestly, when I had like 30 or 60 days clean, I was like, I'm never going to be able to sing again unless I do math. That was like my, (laughs) that was my my thinking was like, there's no way I'll ever have that energy again. My body will never be able to sing like that again. Like, I don't know if, if anybody listening has ever like, you know, used like speed or uppers, um, but the come down or your body getting used to amphetamines and then absolutely nothing is like, I like have no I can't even I can't even barely eat or like get up and walk you know what I mean and and uh I remember playing my guitar in treatment and like just half-assing it and like trying to trying to sing right and trying to play right and I was just like my I felt like my hands weren't strong enough like my voice wasn't loud enough and I was like dude that's fucking it like you you lost it you know and that was like that was my thought for a really long time. And then, um, you know, slowly as I just started getting my health back and I started believing in myself a little bit and, uh, the, the better version I built of me, the easier that stuff came, you know? So it was like, once I got over that, like initial withdrawal, like after like six, nine months, I started like playing and singing pretty regularly again. Um, it was always like a, in the closet kind of thing. Like I never really, I didn't, I didn't like playing shows. I didn't like telling everybody that I could play guitar and sing, but I would like play like little covers and stuff at home in my room alone. And I would start posting little videos out there, like here and there, like on Facebook and stuff. And one night I posted a song that I wrote called dope fiend and great song. Thank you. And I think like, uh, my, my buddy, Mark, uh, SoCal trash is his stage name. He's a, he's a hip hop artist. He's a rapper out there in uh, you know, like inland empire area. Um, he called me over to just like jam with him on Facebook live and he had a following. And when we went live together, I think that video went to like 90,000 views, like overnight. Wow. Because I, yeah. Cause I played that dope song and, uh, 
And that was like, I think that was like the first thing that like set it off. Cause I still like everybody that I meet or talk to is just like, yeah, man. Like I remember when I first saw you pop up on social media and it was that dope Fiend song. And because of that video, um, I was just like, shit, man, maybe you have something here, you know? And, uh, and then I got hit up by a producer and then I went and made the record. And for some reason, I just like, I just kind of went with it, you know, like I wasn't like, I wasn't set on doing it the way that I am now, but, uh, yeah, back then it was just like, yeah, shit, let's see where this goes, <laughs> you know? And now it's like, I'm fucking making it no matter what, like, that's like the mentality, you know? But, um, back then it was like, okay, well I'm just doing like the next right indicated thing. Obviously this wouldn't be on my table if it wasn't for a reason, you know? So right. I just jumped you, on the opportunity, you know, you said something interesting there. now, did you have a guitar when you were in rehab? Uh, let's see. I had one after like 60 days. So I forget. Yeah. That's a good question. I didn't have one. Uh, I didn't have one in detox. And then I had one when I was in residential treatment. So nice. I was six days without it. And then I had my, uh, I had my beater guitar that was, uh, it's an ovation and it's one of those kind of like, uh, applause series where it's kind of like oval and like, it doesn't have the cutout in the middle, but it kind of has like the leaves on the side. I don't know if you guys have ever seen those, but, yeah. um, it's like, yeah, one of those kind of like side little side holes um but yeah that was like my beater guitar it was all covered in sublime stickers and oh. i had my i had my case that was held together with duct tape and it said anything helps please and thank you on it and uh yep. I still i've seen the that. pictures right that's yeah. the ones you had yep my, my dad actually just pulled that thing off of the rafters when he was moving out a couple of days ago and he showed me that shit and i was just like god damn man you know what nice. happened you know? Wow. <laughs> wow. Yeah. I think that that's one of the things that uh, we're really excited about being able to do with Bradley's house is provide, you know, instruments and, and music as a real centerpiece for the recovery process for musicians. And I think it's especially important for, mus for musicians, but important for everybody to incorporate music into their recovery process. And um, someone showed me a letter, uh, not a letter, I'm sorry, a a journal entry that Brad had written one of the times when he was in, um, in rehab and it was day one. And one of the things that he said was why no guitar? <laughs> and I thought, <laughs> I wow. That. Yeah. Yeah. So. And I, that really struck me like, okay, we're, we're on the right track. I took that as a real affirmation that, that we're doing the right thing. And so I, I do think that music is a very powerful thing for a lot of people, but especially, musicians to be able to incorporate that into the recovery process is so key. Yeah. And you know what, not um, to, to add to that. I mean, I use like, just to kind of summarize, like I use drugs because I didn't like the way that I felt like all the time, you know? And, um, and, you know, I think a lot, I'm an overthinker, I'm anxious, I'm paranoid, like all, you know, well, not as much, not as much now, but like it used to be my solution to the way that my head worked you know and sure. um and and that was that was the only thing besides like heroin basically that like made <laughs> it sounds crazy but like made like the the i don't want to say made the voices stop but, but it like doesn't the, sound crazy at all i i totally the, get that the yeah. shit talking you know like like the self the the k-fuck radio is what we call it in meetings <laughs> and uh yeah and that's what goes on in my head, like 24 seven, you know, what are they, you know, it's always just like, 
what people think about you, how it looks to other people. It's not going to be good enough. You're going to fail. Like all those, all those lies that were were like engraved into my head. Um, Playing guitar was, and music was always the thing that made me forget all about that shit, you know? So I'm super grateful to have a healthy outlet, you know, and, and, uh, and just like, just grateful to have a purpose like that. You know, not a lot of people get to go through life, like knowing what they were meant to do. And like, I feel like, you know, this is it, you know? Yeah. I think music is that for a lot of people. I think all those things that you just described are really universal. And I would be surprised if, you know, nine out of 10 people listening to this podcast didn't totally agree with what you just said. And, and music fills that for a lot of people, whether they're creating music like you do or, you know, listening to music like I do, it's, it's a really, really powerful tool for helping us to overcome things and to get through things. And, you know, just to, to make it through another day, I think music is a, is a really powerful tool for that. 1000%. Well, we sure appreciate you being on the show with us. And I'm so excited to hear your next album. I'm excited for the the stuff that you're putting together. I'm excited for the single with Dan Kelly. Of course, he does uh, <laughs> Jailhouse on the deluxe edition as well. Yeah. So I'm stoked for everybody to hear that. He did a phenomenal job. He did, <laughs> didn't he? Yeah, yep. it's really good. It's yep. really good. I think people are going to be stoked. And and your cover of Romeo is phenomenal. And we just we appreciate you not only sharing your talents with us, but also supporting what we're doing. It means a lot, big time. Of course. Uh, you know what? And, and it's like such a, it's such a gift for, for, you know, not only myself, but anybody, you know, anybody that's struggled with addiction and is in like our music scene. Cause you know, I've, I've always been, since I got into the scene and I started playing shows and I started like showing up and, and, you know, I'm, I'm just the type of dude that's like in everybody's face all the time with my shit, like nonstop. <laughs> like, like when I was, when I was new, like two or three years ago, it's like, Oh, Pepper's playing seven hours away. I'm there and I'm getting backstage fucking somehow, you know? And nice. like, and like, that was just how I was. Like, I just wanted to meet everybody and just be there like all the time, you know? And, and, uh, and this whole thing that you guys have going on, you know, setting up, uh, Bradley's house and all the donations and the shows, it's like, it truly gives me a place to where I feel like I've found my niche to where I can, you know, be in the music scene, but also, support my recovery at the same time by, you know, sharing and, and, you know, sharing my experience. And one of our main things in, in NA is like, you know, we can only keep what we have by giving it away. Right. And, um, and, you know, for me to just, you know, take the gift from the meetings and then just, all right, later I'm fucking going and playing a bunch of shows and just kind of like leaving everybody hanging isn't cool. But, if I'm doing it and I'm spreading the message and I'm doing it in a positive way and I'm trying to help others along the way. And it's like, you know, you guys really bring that whole like recovery aspect into like my music scene and my world. So I'm just as grateful for you and I appreciate everything you guys are doing. It truly makes me feel like I've found my niche and I'm at home. I just wanted to say that. Thank you. Thank you. That really means a lot. I do feel like we have, um, we've experienced a lot. We've also been really blessed with a lot, with a lot of, um, you know, just the fact that that so many people love and remember Brad, and um, you know, in some ways that's that makes it harder, and in some ways it yeah. makes it better, and yeah. so I think we just feel this sense of responsibility to be able to to share that with other people, and um, so it really means a lot to know that that it's it's working. <laughs> so thank you. 
and also too, and then I'll shut up. Um, <laughs> you can, can go shoot. all night, man. I, I'm loving I can, this, dude. I can I can honestly say that like I I'm sure almost every musician in our scene could tell you like there there has been like no bigger impact on me than like Sublime or Bradley's lyrics or Bradley's music and. Um, and that's just like, you know, that's just real shit. Like there's no other band where like we all know every single fucking lyric to every song on every record. Like there's just there's nobody else I can think of to where I know shit the way that I know Sublime. Or right. The and then, you know, you're like, well, in the one live rendition of it, he changes the lyrics oh, yeah. a little bit on this one. And yep. yeah, no, it's it's true, man. Yep. One thousand percent. So, um, so yeah, I mean, um, what your brother did, Kelly is just like, I, I, I want to say that he changed the face of music forever. And a lot of people will agree with me. And I know that literally right before we jumped on this call, you were like, Oh, I don't really, you know, I don't think he was like Prince big, you know? <laughs> and and uh, I'm like, no, he was way better. So, you know, just take, take like, you know, whatever those last memories are at the weenie roast or like any of that stuff, multiply them by 10,000. And that's how we all see it because sublime was legendary. And, uh, you know, there's, uh, I mean, who else, who else, you know, stopped making music 25 years ago and is still just destroying the charts with tribute albums. You know what I mean? Like, it's just, it's it's absurd. It's absurd. So, so there was, there was something truly special there. And, and, uh, you know, the way that I see it is those were just, those are anthems of every, every, you know, every punk rocker, every skateboarder, every fucking, every, uh, every addict, you know what I mean? Like just everything that he said and put down on paper just resonates in the hearts of just millions of people all over the world. So don't ever lose sight of how big everything, you know, really is. I just want to tell you that. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, absolutely. You know, I never questioned my brother's talent. In fact, I yep. probably thought that he was way more talented than he was because in my mind, everything he did was amazing. Like I look back at right. little drawings that he made for me when I was a kid and I remember thinking he was like <laughs> the greatest artist and they're really not good. But, uh, you know, I just he as my older brother, I looked up to him and I thought that everything he did was wonderful and amazing. Yep. But the part that trips me out is just how people are so impressed by him as a person because i remember hearing him blowing his nose in the shower you know I mean, just, <laughs> he was just just you know an older brother and, and did yeah. a lot of stupid shit but yeah. but i do i do think it's wonderful and i love that other people recognize um his talents because he was he was brilliant and he was talented and he had a beautiful heart and um you know i there were a lot of times that that I hated him because he was my brother and that's what you do. But um, there were, there were definitely more times that, that I loved him. And um, so it's, it's very gratifying that so many people feel that way about him too. Oh yeah. And, and I'm going to, I'm going to add to the fanboyness. Um, I've heard, uh, I've heard Mike Pinto talk about, I love Mike, by the way, if I'm sure he's, I'm sure he's already been on here. I love him. Yeah, he's amazing. Um, you know, big influence on me too. Been listening since I was a teenager. And I remember talking with Mike one night and he's like, yeah, dude. He's like, I had a dream that Bradley came to me one time and he's like, he told me, he said, uh, stop writing fucking love songs. <laughs> you know? And, uh, and, and, and I'll, I'll never remember. He told, and then I was like, no way. Dude. I was like, I had a dream too, that like they were playing at a skate park. Like this is literally my dream, like fucking three years ago was they were playing at a skate park and like 
I knew like, I knew about like the future, like so, somehow I knew about the future and, and I, I went up to him and I like grabbed him by his shoulder. I was like, dude, I looked at him. I was like, you're going to fucking change music forever. And he just kind of like laughed and he's like, ah, thanks man. That's really nice. And then he just kind of walked off, you know? And I was like, <laughs> that I, was like about right. I was like, you have no fucking idea, dude. It's like, you have no clue. So I always, I always thought that that was a super trippy dream. Just wanted to add to the fanboyness Cause I sound I like a fanboy it. already, but um, that's great. But yeah. For, for somebody to be such a huge influence on you that they're in your dreams and, and you know, that that's, that's big. So just, uh, yeah, there's no denying the impact that, you know, that, that Brad had on, on musicians everywhere. So that's, it's funny when we had, uh, when we had Miguel on, I had asked him about, you know, when they were first getting started and, you know, I'm sure they had no idea they were going to make musical history. And, uh, he interrupted me and he said, Oh, make no mistake about it. We were trying to make, we were trying to make history and, uh, and they certainly did. Um, and it's, uh, their impact just is, is felt so much, um, throughout the scene and, and you can feel it so much in your music as well. Now, Kyle, each week I ask, uh, or each episode, excuse me, mm-hmm. I ask our guests, um, if you and I meet and I've never heard of sublime in my life, I've never mm-hmm. heard a song. I don't know a thing about them. And you're going to try to turn me on to him. And I'm going to give you one song. You've got, oh my one op- you've got one opportunity to rope me in and show me what this band is all about. What song would you play? Come on. And you can't dude. pick Romeo. I know. Come on. I, listen, I God know. It's, damn. A, it's, a, it's a tough one. <laughs> um, shit, man. You know what? I got to say. Mm, God, it's so hard because. Uh, I want to say caress me down, but, uh, but, mm. but, but there's a whole punk rock element too. Cause the, there's one thing and I'm sorry, Kelly, I know this is your, I know this is your brother, but, um, but there's one thing that Bradley said was uh, I love, I like punk rock. I like reggae, but what I love most of all is pussy. <laughs> yes. And I was like, I was like, I was like, this fucking guy knows what's up, you know? And, and uh, <laughs> so there, <laughs> there's that. Um, but there's also, I, I got to keep in mind that there's the whole punk rock um, shit. I don't want to say date rape. I, I, you know what? Hmm. There's no wrong answer here, bud. You're beating yourself know, up dude, too much. No, no, I'm not. I'm not beating myself up. I'm truly trying to think of like what is like, what's like the one song that can truly just like break down like everything that they killed it at, and it's like every song's just so different. Um, I'd probably have to say same in the end. Oh, good yeah. one. Well, then you'd you'd have me roped. I'd be a Sublime fan. So congratulations, yeah. you picked the right song. Because <laughs> <laughs> it's just you know high energy, great guitar solo at the end. Like yeah, that that's that that would probably be my uh, numero uno for me. Would be same in the end. Great. Yeah, nice. I, I so. never know what my favorite. People ask me all the time, well, what's your favorite Sublime song? And I I pretty yeah. much give a different answer every single time. It really depends on the day or what kind of mood I'm in. Yeah. Um, but yeah, same in the end. I, I I like it. So Kyle, when you're not at your day job and and doing mm-hmm. music and answering fans' messages and putting up inspirational quotes on Facebook, <laughs> what what do you what are you doing? What are you doing for fun, man? Do, do you have do you have any outside hobbies? Are you do you play basketball? Do you binge Netflix? Are you playing video games? What, what are you doing? Dude, I am out in the mountains away from everything and everyone backpacking and going and and 
wherever there's no cell service, I'm out. <laughs> so my big thing is uh, my big thing right now, or I guess more towards summer. It's a little too cold now, but my big thing in summer was uh, backpacking and, uh, and um, just like, you know, gnarly trips, waterfalls, uh, hikes. I mean, I, I like the really crazy, like 16 mile hikes where you're like up at a glacier at the top and you're camp, you know, backpacking overnight, all that stuff. Oh, dude, that's awesome. Uh, one of these days when I'm in California, we're going to have to sit down and you can tell me about one of those 16 mile hikes. <laughs> <laughs> not take you, you on I one, Jared? No, 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 absolutely not take me on one, but I'll totally sit. I got totally a book of them, dude. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll listen to stories about them for sure, but I, I'm actually just tired. I'm tired just thinking about it. <laughs> <laughs> There's something yeah. very life-changing about being out in an environment that that makes you feel very small and insignificant and, yep. and is so awe inspiring. I get yep. it. I you know what? I guess, I guess being a city boy, I can feel that because that's kind of how I feel when I'm in a big city and I'm, and the, you know, the hustle and the bustle of it and the big building. So I guess that's my, I, I can understand that, but the 16 mile hike, I'm, I am out. <laughs> <laughs> that's where he lost you, huh? Yeah. Well, yeah, you know, there's, a, there's a lot to see in California and Utah and, and, you know, Arizona. And that's been, uh, I don't know, man. I mean, I've, I've always been, uh, I've always been a nature whore, but, uh, <laughs> but, uh <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it just amazes me, you know, it amazes me that like, you know, something like that is just like, not like made, you know what I mean? And, and, uh, yeah. and that's just the way that it's supposed to be. And it's just like, I don't know, like I, I you know, going to places like, zion national park or like yosemite or or you know a lot of places up in northern california like by mount shasta and like that whole area it's just like i don't know if i can sit somewhere there and like it looks like a painting and like you know you see like the top of the mountain that's all iced up and then green you know green and waterfalls and rivers i'm just like especially mammoth too mammoth has always been like my my uh my happy place you know so any anywhere like that that's that's where i'm at when i'm not working <laughs> I, I lived in uh i lived in oregon for five years beautiful um, almost six years yeah and it was amazing nice. and the uh the group of dads that lived in our little cul-de-sac were all native oregonians and i grew up in philadelphia and, uh, nice. and so they're all they're all sitting around talking about you know their time in the woods and you know yep. a couple of them lived like in the middle of nowhere and they're talking about bears and they're coming into their house while they're not there and you know <laughs> wolves and coyotes and these snakes and like you know they all kind of look over at me for my two cents and i'm like yeah man we had a couple crazy neighborhood crackheads that would <laughs> that was so i i you know that's like the best that i got on that but bears and all that no i'm i'm out i'm good i like to be able to get to the store in two minutes i want to have cell service i, I need to know what's going on on espn.com the second i want to know right. so oh, yeah, yeah but i dropped a song called uh, just like them back in august and i was yeah. literally i was in a tent <laughs> like, nice i was in a tent and i had no service and it was killing me because i was just like on like i dropped the song you know obviously it hits at 9 p.m on the west coast and i'm already like shacked up in a tent like on this lake up in the middle of a, a place called desolation wilderness and by, by lake tahoe and um and yeah, I just remember like I couldn't even find out how it did until like the next morning. I finally hiked down like another eight miles and got service. <laughs> oh wow! Yeah. <laughs> oh nice. my god, that's crazy. I uh, I mean I 
I tailgated one time for like four hours. So that was, <laughs> I've also. It's just I've, like that, Jared. It's yeah, just I've also legend, done dude. some outdoor stuff. Fucking Listen, legend. It's, yeah, it's not, you don't understand. The lines <laughs> at those porta potties get out of control, especially around like 11 in the morning. I mean, I really had to rough it out there. <laughs> then, then we then we bought an RV and started bringing that tailgating, and that was that was a whole nother story. So, um, Kyle, man, I, I I absolutely admire everything that you have done, and, and hearing your story um, about where you came from to where you are now, and knowing that it's not even close to where you're going to be. Um, eventually, I'm happy we got you on now because eventually you're going to be too big for for our podcast. Yeah. You're, uh, you're, you're absolutely you're absolutely heading places. And, um, you know, I know that with the setback of COVID this year, um, that that really hasn't held you back. And uh, I know that 2021 uh, is going to be a huge, a huge year for you. When I was a kid, the unsigned hype in the source magazine was always a big thing that everybody went and looked at. And uh, I kind of feel like that's, that's kind of where you are right now. You're, you're right on that verge of explosion, man. And, uh, and I'm so happy to see it. And I can't wait for the single to be released um, on the house that Bradley built deluxe edition. Thanks, man. I'm happy for uh, for everybody to be able to hear it. I'm super grateful to be part of it. And uh, yeah, hopefully, uh, hopefully nobody's, you know, hopefully it's a, I mean, everybody kind of did their own thing and kind of has like their own version and rendition of everything, you know, and, and uh, this, I feel like this time it's, uh, uh, I think it'll probably be a lot different direction than what everybody's expecting. So I kind of like that. (laughs) Definitely. Yeah. (laughs) Thank you guys though. I appreciate you. Well, thank you so much. Thanks for being on the show. Where can, uh, where can fans check out your music? Go ahead, get your shit in, man. Well, um, let's see. You can find me uh, basically anywhere, Spotify, uh, Apple Music, um, iTunes, all the above. If you just type in my name, it's just Kyle Smith, and uh, you'll be able to find my most recent song, Make It Through, or Just Like Them. I guess there's another gospel Kyle Smith out there, but it'll be be pretty easy to differentiate the two with all the fucks and shits, so... (laughs) (laughs) Um, so (laughs) I, I've always wondered how many people pull up my songs in church, but, uh, but I don't know, we we should be, we should be, uh, pretty easy to find. And then you can find me on Instagram at Kyle Smith jams, or, uh, you can just type in my name on Facebook too. So pretty easy to find, uh, music's everywhere. And then, um, I got about nine tracks out there for the public as of right now. (laughs) And I highly recommend that people follow you, whether they are, into the music or not, because you are such a positive person and you post so many really relatable things that often inspire me in, in very unique ways. So thanks for doing that. Thanks for being so open and honest about who you are and the struggles you're going through and the victories you're having and allowing us all to be a part of that journey. Yeah, it goes both ways. I appreciate that. You're the best. Thank you. (laughs) Awesome. Well, uh, Kyle, thank you so much for stopping by. I had a great time and uh, we look forward to having you back on sometime in the future, man. Yes, sir. ASAP. Let's do it. (laughs) He's ready right now again. Let's go. (laughs) I love it. Thank you so much, Kyle. I I love you so much. You're the greatest. Love you too, mamas. Thank you guys so much for everything. Appreciate all your hard work and everybody just making this thing so awesome and, and making it what it is. So I'm going to sign out and got Dang. nothing but love for you. I will see all your faces in soon eventually or in person soon, eventually here. <laughs> I look forward to it. Can't wait. Have a great night. Thanks, Kyle. Kyle. Thank you. All right. You too. See you Bye-bye. guys.
Wow, Kelly, I think every single time we do an episode, it's become my new favorite guest. And that doesn't take anything away from the previous guest that we've had because I've loved every single conversation. But Kyle is just really an impressive individual, isn't he? I feel absolutely the same way. And I feel really bad about that because our very first guest was my own father, who really there's no one else on this earth that I love and respect more. But I really have been so happy with with every conversation that we've had. And they're, they're, I don't, they're conversations that I want to listen to, <laughs> which is amazing because I hate hearing myself, but, but I'm always excited to, to hear it, you know, be- before we post it because the, the guests are so awesome. And I feel really fortunate that we've had such phenomenal guests. I hope we can keep this up. <laughs> Yeah, I always get a little nervous that we're never going to be able to top what we did the the week before, and uh, and somehow we've just you've kept <laughs> lining up great guests for us. So we've been we've been very lucky. I can't um, take any credit for it. They're just wonderful people. Now, as the listeners are hearing this show, Christmas has already passed, but as we're recording, we're just coming up on it. Are you are you all set for the holidays? I'm happy to say that I am. And if if we were talking four days ago, I would have said no, and I would have been in a crazy panic. But fortunately, I have this wonderful soon-to-be daughter-in-law and a wonderful girlfriend of my other son who are great at gift buying and gift giving, which is not my gift at all. And so they help me finish out my list and get everything wrapped. And I'm super thankful for that. So I'm not I'm not going into this Christmas totally crazy and stressed out and shopping on Christmas Eve like I usually do. Well, that's amazing. Yeah, now, how about I you? Uh, yeah, I kind of finished it up today a little bit. Here's the problem is that my kids suck. Um, <laughs> no, they, they, they don't. They're, gr- they're great kids, right? But they <laughs> like to play video games. That's what yeah. they That's what they like to do. So I there's only there's only so many accessories and video game things. And they just play the same game. So I don't know, you know, I'm walking around the store and I'm like, yeah, I don't know what I'm supposed to do here. And on top of it, and this is a bridge that I'm going to cross. Parents, if you have small children listening, cup their ears for a second here. Um, My 11 year old tells me the other day, he goes, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't believe in Santa anymore. My teacher told us that that's not real. (gasps) Oh, the teacher, the teacher. Oh my gosh. Yeah, I'm not I'm not a fan of that at yeah, all. That's now, not cool at all. I totally no sold it. And I'm like, yeah, well, your teacher must have just been bad. So yeah. his parents <laughs> had to provide presents for him. But well um, done. Well done. I'm like, you know, I know for a fact that I wake up on Christmas morning and there's stuff under the tree that I didn't yep. purchase. So nope, it's just there. You, you tell me where it where it came from. So um, I think I've got like a, I, pr- I got a pretty solid plan for for nice. this year. Um, yeah, we've got a we got a Santa Claus suit lying around, and uh, there might be there, there might be there might be a video sighting on one of the <gasps> on one of the cameras. Oh. Um, and, uh, and I'm gonna totally I'm gonna totally topsy turvy. You take that back to your teacher. Stick. <laughs> let him know. Let him know about that. Um, but yeah, so I, I I guess, I guess I'm, I'm ready, but you know, you you never know when you have small kids, they, you know, they're, 
they're going to wake up early. They're going to rip everything open. And then they're going to go back to playing video games. I sure. told my, my dad's like, what should I get for the boys for Christmas? And I'm like, you know, those little rubber donuts people sit on after, <laughs> you know, uh, something like that maybe for their ass, because all they do is sit on them and play video games all day. And then my 11 year old goes off to, go to a sleepover last weekend. And the mom texts me and she's like, Oh my God. And, he's so great. He's so helpful. This is wonderful. And I'm like, yeah, no, my kid's Nicholas. Um, <laughs> I, I, were you texting someone? Jared, um, that's good parenting. When your kids go somewhere and the parents are impressed with them, that means you've done a good job. So pat yeah. yourself on the back. Yeah. Or, or maybe he is just interviewing to go live somewhere else. <laughs> <laughs> and, he's, <laughs> and he's just putting on his best, his best, uh, his best act to see if he can't up his up his game a little bit. So, um, well, I'm excited for the new year. I know 2020 has been a big challenge for a lot of people, and I'm super excited that we're going into 2021 with hope and excitement. and And I really think there's going to be some phenomenal things that happen in the new year. Uh, I always believe that whenever there's been a difficult season in life, that it's always followed by by a season of of really reaping and and you know getting the the benefits of of all the crap that you've been sowing for so long and so i'm excited for 2021 i think it's going to be a great year for a lot of people it is it's going to be an amazing year and honestly there's it can only go up from here <laughs> so true. it's uh it's uh, and then you know we're kicking the year off with january 15th the the house that bradley built yes. deluxe edition comes out and so i think excited. it's awesome awesome that you guys kind of had that set up and we talked a little bit about that last week with with paul and Yi that you know yeah. That was a that was a great way to to kind of get the year started and, and give everybody yeah. something to look forward to and, and something that to, is the to, genius of Paul Milbury. He yeah, absolutely and that uh, guys you can find that you can pre order it at Law Dash or hyphen which one are we going with Is it Pick Law one. hyphen Either one We're good either Law <laughs> Law hyphen Records dot com uh, You guys can get your pre order in to make sure that on uh, on January fifteenth you've got them I know that. Um, you guys did some vinyl on the first ones and they sold out pretty quick, didn't they? They they sold out several times. Yeah, that's been a really big seller. So guys, don't don't be on the outside looking in. You guys can get to law-records.com right now and uh, and get your pre-order in. And of course, um, the singles that have been released, um, Shane Hall under my voodoo, Iration DJs, um, Pepper with Date Rape, um, Cashed out, slow cashed ride. out, slow ride. There it is. Um, just been some amazing, amazing releases already. Um, if you guys haven't seen those, you can check those out at the Law Records YouTube page. Um, of course, you can catch up with everything that's going on with the Noel Family Foundation on all forms of social media at the Noel Family Foundation. Um, and uh, there's always new updates going on there. And I'll tell you, just from this podcast, uh, the Bradley's House private group on Facebook, if you're listening and you're not a member, hop in there because there's really some awesome things going on and in such a short period of time. Um, I've made some really good friends in that group. Um, the guys over at uh, LNJ Sessions, Late Night Jam Sessions, they uh, actually just played with Kyle Smith a few weeks ago. In, in yeah, Allentown. those are great guys. 
Um, yeah. And they're not, they're from an area that I grew up in in South Jersey and I've, I've been talking back and forth with them. Uh, really awesome guys. And, uh, yes. I, again, this, this group on, on Bradley's house on Facebook has really just been amazing. People share their story. And the second they do, there's so much love spread in there. Um, so you guys can, can check out the Bradley's house, uh, Facebook page. That thing's really growing fast. Kelly, I think we're up to almost 2,500 people in there. That's amazing. It's really become a, a wonderful place for people to share their stories of, of recovery and also to get encouragement. And, you know, whether there's someone who's in recovery or has a, a family member or a friend, or even if they've never been in recovery and don't even know anyone in recovery, it's just a really positive group of people. And, and it's, it's been a lot of fun. Yeah, it's been amazing. And, you know, I want to take a second. We haven't shouted out yet. And I would like to give a special thanks and a shout out to Jen Armstrong, who <gasps> does yes. so much. She is just so amazing. And uh, and I feel bad that it's taken this many episodes to acknowledge her because she's she's really awesome and putting in a ton of work behind the scenes. She does. She is the social media director for the Knoll Family Foundation. She does it on a completely volunteer basis. She reached out to me and said, you know, if you ever need help with social media, let me know. And at the time I was handling all of our social media in addition to everything else. And it's just not not my gift. And and to be able to have her handle all of that has just been revolutionary for me and really better for everybody because everybody gets much better information on social media about the foundation and Bradley's house and what's going on than if I were to do it. I put like three words and that's it. And she'll do a whole, whole big long post. She's wonderful. And she's just a really, really beautiful beautiful soul. She's a wonderful person and I love her so much and I'm so glad you brought her up. Yeah. And I, we're not even going to hold against her. The fact that she's a Ravens fan, that's not her fault. <laughs> um, so, uh, but yeah, no, a special thanks to her. She's, she's really done a lot for, uh, for the show and obviously everything that yeah. she's doing for the foundation and their pages. So, um, thank you very much, Jen. And, uh, for all of you guys that are listening, this is the last time you're going to hear Kelly and I in 2020, uh, we will be back to you uh, in 2021. The, the podcast isn't going anywhere. We've got a, a lot of stories to tell um, and a lot of information to give out. And we're going to keep working to get Bradley's house built. And uh, and we can do it with your help. And uh, Kelly, if somebody wants to, to give a little donation, where should they go? They can go visit our website at thenoelfamilyfoundation.org. They can check us out on Facebook under Noel Foundation or Instagram and Twitter under Noel Family. We are all of those places. They can send a donation to PayPal to info at Noel Family, info at the Noel Family Foundation.org or Cash App at Noel Family. So we're, we're all over the place. We'll take it anywhere. We'll even take checks and cash. We'll, do, we'll take whatever we can get. And every penny goes towards getting Bradley's house open, which I feel a real sense of urgency to do because even though COVID has really eclipsed the opioid epidemic in our country, it has not gone away. In fact, it's gotten worse. Overdoses are on the rise. People are are, are struggling with, with depression and mental illness and and substance abuse. And even though we don't hear about it as much, sadly, people are losing that fight. And so every day that we don't get the house open is another day that we're potentially losing people. So I personally feel a huge sense of urgency and and I appreciate every single donation that comes in, everything that everybody does to support getting Bradley's house open, because I do believe that we're going to change lives. 
it's it's absolutely going to happen and uh, everything that you and your dad jacob and uh, todd and everybody on the board ha has been able to do with that many uh incredible people that all feel so strongly about it um there's no doubt that this house is going to get open and it's going to absolutely change lives so right on. um really looking forward to uh to 2021 guys thank you so much for all of your support as we're getting the podcast going all the likes the shares the subscriptions uh it really means a lot to uh to myself and to kelly and to the foundation and uh everything that that we're trying to do and spread this awareness through the podcast so uh, we we can't appreciate you enough, and we look forward to seeing you guys in 2021. But, and that's going to wrap it up for 2020 and Bradley's House Podcast. I'm Jared Orr. She's Kelly Noel. And you don't have to go home, but it's time to leave Bradley's House. We'll see you guys next year. I'm so excited to share with you all a clip of Kyle Smith's cover of the sublime song Romeo that's going to be coming up on the brand new the House That Bradley Built Deluxe Edition on January 15th. Here you go. Kyle Smith, Romeo. I have a secret place inside my mind hidden inspiration you will find My name is Tyson with the Null Family Foundation, and I wanted to provide some resources to any men and women that need help and are struggling with drug and alcohol abuse. The first one I want to give is the SAMHSA.gov website, and that is the Substance Abuse and Mental Health Services Administration website. And their 1-800 number is 1-800-662-HELP. That's 1-800-662-4357. And you can always personally reach out to myself. My name is Tyson Sullivan, and you can email me at info at the org. I have a lot of resources throughout the whole country, and I can help you get connected for yourself or a loved one that's struggling.